Hello and welcome to the Bike Podcast from The Guardian. Coming up on this month's show, how to stay safe on your bike. From the beginner to the fanatic cyclist, what can we do to protect ourselves on the road? Bike tubes might be one way. TfL and LCC are marshalling transport riders into central London, teaching them back routes in the process. Justin Spinney goes along to investigate. With lorries the number one killer for cyclists on British roads, what's being done to reduce these figures? Matt Wells heads to the notorious Southwark Bridge in London to find out from Sergeant Paul Wood of the Metropolitan Police and Bill Chidley from MovingTargetDesign.com. But first, Dave Hills, our London blogger. You'd have thought being a Guardian journal, he'd use his bike to chase Boris Johnson round the capital. But no, he's too scared. His bike is rusting in the garden. But help is at hand for Dave. Okay, right, here's my bikes out here. There's a pile of bikes out here. And mine's the biggest bike. Hang on. Gotta move some of the kids' ones and some of the cobwebs. Well, I'm told that it's in quite good working order. I still don't understand how the gears work. I've never understood that, but the brakes work, and that's what worries me most. Like most people, I've been able to ride a bicycle since I was a small child, but I've never really been what you would call a keen cyclist. In London, I don't use the bike, partly because I really enjoy public transport. I like the people watching and eavesdropping and all of that to do with the bus and the tube. It's also because there just seems to be quite a lot of aggravation with having a bike. You know, where do you lock it up? Is someone going to pinch it? That sort of thing. And thirdly, I am a bit scared. I'm a bit scared of being turned into a smear of strawberry jam on the highway. And that fear is what I've got to try and conquer today. Right, um, out on the street now, here in Hackney, and there's a man standing next to me with a bicycle and uh, a yellow vest things on. What's he doing here? Uh, So my name's Paul Lowe, Dave, and I'm a cycling instructor, and I'm going to teach you how to ride your bike with confidence on London's roads. I feel safer already. So let's walk up to that junction. So if you were going to turn right, Dave, Mm. where do you think you should be on the road? Do you think you should be here or here or here, right by the curb? Well, if I'm turning right and I'm in a car, I'm looking to be as close as I can to the centre line. Okay. Okay. On a bike, maybe it could be different. A lot of cyclists find it very difficult to believe that actually they've got the same rights as other road users. And that just because it's a great big bus or a lorry behind them, they've still got the right to be in the centre here, waiting to turn right. Okay, I appear to have negotiated the cul-de-sac without sustaining any serious injuries, so maybe we should move on to somewhere a bit more frightening. I don't like that word frightening. It's just a bit more realistic, Dave, with a bit of traffic. Okay. Okay. Lead on. Lead on, McDuff. Nice low gears. Up this hill. We need to feel the burn at this point as we go uphill. How's my saddle position? Saddle position is very nice. (laughs) From from the rear. (laughs) Okay, now we've got a fiddly junction coming up here. Okay, so just slow down, squeeze the brakes. Okay. So tell me, Paul, if you had a wish list of things that you wished cyclists would do less of, what would be on that list? It's more a wish list of what they do more of. And what I'd like them to do more of is looking behind them, signalling and adopting a good road position. 
The best place to ride in the road is where you can see and be seen. Approaching junction, down through gears, squeeze brakes, bendy buses, cars, traffic lights. Okay, so get ready, off you go. Hold on a sec. That's it, well done. I've just Keep been going. undertaken by my first bendy Keep bus. Going. Um, okay, so you've done so well, Dave. What we're going to do is now some level three roundabouts and multi-lane junctions. And I just happened to notice up the road there was a lovely roundabout. Lots of cars going very fast and, as Boris would say, cripes. So outside lane, where that yeah. bus is, Okay. let's get behind that bus. Whoa. Think like cars. That's it. But I forgot to change down through the gears. We need to do more work on the gears with you. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. The proverbial back of a bus, a number so just 48. Just go round the roundabout. Stay on the inside of me. Okay. And that's it. Well done. Keep pedalling. Well done. This is the assertiveness bit. Yeah. We're at the front. That's down it. through those gears, my boy. That's it. We did it. Okay, reflections on my first serious foray into serious traffic. Um, it became apparent to me something that cyclists are always complaining about, the horrible exhaust fumes that come out of cars. And when I was idling behind a number 48 bus at the traffic lights, just coming up to the roundabout, uh, I was really struck by it and how horrible it is. And, um, you know, in future I'll hang back a bit more if that helps in any way. Um, <clears throat> The other thing is, uh, it just does bring home to you how uh, trying to do or think about doing three or four things at once can be quite difficult. And I suppose that leads on to the third reflection, which is that my heartbeat has definitely increased. <laughs> and I don't think it's just from exertion. I think it's terror as well. But seriously, it, you know, it wasn't that terrifying. You obviously need to get used to these things. You need some basic, simple rules to keep in your head. And then it's practice and confidence, isn't it? Perhaps, like Dave Hill, you have been taking lessons on how to ride a bike and are ready to take your newfound skill to the next level. Or maybe you're an occasional cyclist who lacks the confidence to commute to work by bike. Well, help is at hand. I'm Justin Spinney and I've come along to Cycle Friday or Bike Friday, a scheme set up jointly by the LCC and Transport for London to encourage novice cyclists to commute to work by bike. The idea is that for eight weeks from the middle of August, experienced marshals will lead groups of cyclists safely into central London from six different boroughs. So, it's 7.45am and I'm at the start of the Brixton ride, which all being well, will end up at Russell Square in about an hour's time. Cycling ability. Is anyone a wobbly cyclist? Because we can have someone else ride I am Rosie Tharp and I am a community cycling officer with the London Cycling Campaign. I am one of the marshals. So keeping everybody safe on the road, um, doing bike checks to make sure people's brakes and gears are working and their tyres are pumped up, um, giving people route advice and finding out where they're going eventually. Um, we've got lots of maps so people can plan their onward journeys, but we're just trying to find out where people are peeling off so we don't lose anybody on the way. I'm joined now by Ricky. Uh, is this your first time on the Bike Friday ride? Yes, it is indeed first time. Okay, and, and is it the first time that you'll be riding to work? Yeah, it is as well. So what do you hope to get out of the ride today? Uh, to find, first of all, a route to work and one that I'm comfortable with. I haven't wanted to do it before, uh, just because having to go through Waterloo and my own. And, yeah. 
Right. A bit worried about that. What will be the, the main main problems you think you're going to have today? Uh, lorries, buses, um, and I'm from Denmark originally, so I'm used to actually dedicated bike paths. <laughs> I'm joined now by Stephen, uh, who is new to cycling in London. So Stephen, is this the first time you've come on the Bike Friday ride? It is, yes. And what kind of thing are you hoping to get out today? Um, fitness, um, you know, getting to work easier and you know, without having to be so sweaty on the tube really. Uh, we are mostly going to be in single file. So if you want to line up behind me, we're going to walk down And they're off. As usual, the, uh, the traffic's still trying to squeeze past everyone. Even though the ride, because of its size, is making its presence felt a little bit more. Happy cycling! Thank you. So yeah, that was a, a tricky junction, but the marshals I think handled that really well, staying out and making sure that the uh, that cyclists weren't caught out in the middle of the junction there. One of the nice things about the ride today is that there's lots of people wearing normal clothes, like high heels and earrings and sunglasses. It's like normal people cycle. How are you finding it, Ricky? Yeah. It's difficult to remember. Yeah, I was going to ask. Do you think you'd better remember the route home? No. Definitely not. We're just on the foot of Waterloo Bridge. Next to the IMAX. We've gone round the IMAX, the scenic route. We're now trying to master riders to come on to Waterloo Bridge and avoid the pedestrians in the process. Some of them don't look that happy. This is probably the most traffic and the fastest moving we've had on the whole ride. I think everyone seems to be safely into the bus lane, although the bus is just cutting into all the cyclists now, rather than wait for them to go. So that's split the ride up. Most people seem to be doing an all right job of getting around it though. Hey guys, try not to block the pedestrians. Okay, uh, we're at the end of the ride now, so I've just caught up again with one of the marshals, Rosie. Um, so how did you find marshalling that, that many riders? Because I, I counted uh, about 37 all told. Yeah, it was quite a big group, but I thought it was really uh, it was really good. People were kind of listening to instructions and we had enough marshals to make sure everyone got through the light safely. And because we're running these until October, people have got the chance to come along so they can cycle in once a week for you know the next the next few weeks and start to build up their confidence. But they are going to be doing their return journey on their own. Do you think also um, if these rides are successful over the next eight weeks, it might be something you'd look to carry on? Yeah, I mean, we'd really like to pick it up again. I mean, we've got a lot of support from our members. You know, LCC has got 10,700 members and, and we're all about promoting cycling and making it accessible to everybody. And if we can support, you know, people who want to ride or novice riders to get into town, then we'd really like to do that. Hiya, Sonia. Um, so how did you find a ride? Um, I really enjoyed it. I had a massive grin on my face the whole way here. Um, when the alarm went off, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. But as soon as I saw all the sort of guys on the street, yeah, really fun. I'm with Colin, who's uh, a bit more than a novice cyclist. Were there any points you felt out of your comfort zone? Or? Not at all. In fact, um, with all the marshals blocking the roads off, 
Very safe. Yeah. Safety in numbers. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> will you be cycling home on your own? I will, yes. Right. Or, unless someone cares to join me, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be on my own, yeah. Right, right. What really grabbed me from the ride today was the social aspect of the ride. It made the normal daily commute, which is something not to get too excited about, into more of an evening social, and it was a great way to start the day. So well done LCC and well done TfL. So as we're uh, hearing in this month's bike podcast, safety is a big issue for cyclists, as is confidence. I'm Matt Wells, and I've come to Southwark Bridge in London to talk to Sergeant Paul Wood, who is a senior collision investigator at the Metropolitan Police, and Bill Chidley from, from MovingTargetZine.com. Um, now, we've picked this spot as it has a particular significance, Bill, doesn't it? Can you explain? Yeah, it does. In uh, February 2004, a bicycle messenger called Sebastian Lukomsky was going about his daily business, pulled up to that junction uh, over there to go straight on. When the lights turned green, a tipper truck, a spoil lorry, turned left and killed him instantly. And, I mean, is this a typical junction? Is it typically dangerous? It's not atypical. There are plenty of roads like this in London. I mean, nearly all the bridges have this problem that are north and south, where you've got a lot of traffic, heavy traffic, uh, intersecting with softer vehicles, so it's a pedestrians uh, and cyclists. I wouldn't say it was atypical. It's, it's probably one of the most nasty stretches of roads in London and in fact a bit further down there the tunnel is one of the few places when I was a bicycle messenger I made sure I got through it as fast as I possibly could. Well one of the real hazards on junctions like this uh, is lorries as cyclists all over the country will tell you. Lorries don't see you that's the problem with lorries. Yeah, sometimes they are very close to you when they turn in corners like our pavements and those things, they don't look what they're doing sometimes. Just go into extreme caution, careful driving mode. To avoid getting hit, I just do the same thing as I do for the bendy buses, which is to never go on the left side of them if I can possibly help it. Yeah, it's scary. You've got to kind of swing with them and you're not even going that way. I cycle quite at a, at a moderate speed, but I often see sort of people just whizzing straight past me when I'm cycling behind a, a coach or lorry through the left side and just overtaking on the inside like that. And of course, you know, 99% of the, t of the time you're fine. You only have to sort of imagine for a second what would happen if that person started turning left and you'd be toast. Paul, they are dangerous lorries. There's no, no two ways about it. Is there any, anything you can do about it? Yes, there is lots of things we can do about it. Um... At the moment, we're working very hard to educate cyclists and lorry drivers, primarily through a, a procedure we have where they can change places with each other. Um, we park lorries up, we put cyclists in the cab, so they can appreciate the difficulties that lorry drivers have of looking around a large vehicle. That will hopefully encourage the cyclists to know where it's difficult for the lorry drivers to see them. The number of uh, cyclist fatalities and accidents involving lorries, I mean, it's a high percentage, isn't it? It is. This year, there's been seven cyclist lorry fatalities out of a total of nine it's a very high percentage bill from the cyclist point of view what do you think can and should be done about this prosecute more lorry drivers for not looking in their mirrors and instead of prosecuting them for careless driving prosecuting them for causing death by careless driving because almost always a factor when these cases come to court whether the, the lorry driver looks in the mirror there's a lot of talk about you know if you're here they can see you if you're there, they can't see you. But, uh, for instance, in the case of Sebastian Wukomsky, it was shown that had he looked in the mirror that's by the, the police... That's the cyclist who died yeah. near here. Yeah, the, by, and it, it was great work by the collision investigation unit who were able to show that had he looked in his mirror, he would have seen Sebastian. So it is always a factor. 
uh, failure by lorry drivers to use the mirrors that they're provided with effectively. Also, there's been some cases last year where uh, mirrors that would have enabled the driver to have seen the cyclists had been removed. So possibly some work needs to be done with the operators there. And I, you know, I don't want to tar the whole haulage industry with the same brush because the work that um, the Collision Investigation Unit done, done with this change, changing place wouldn't be possible without the participation of the operators. You're from the police, Paul. Um, do you agree that more vigorous prosecution of lorry drivers would be as one part of the solution to this? Each of these incidents are very tragic, very serious, and they are investigated very, very thoroughly. We gather all the evidence we can, where it's appropriate, we do prosecute the drivers concerned. But do you, do you prosecute them you know, using the right legislation? Could you go, go for them harder? This is what, what's being suggested. We investigate the case impartially and we put the file to the Crown Prosecution Service who consider what charges are appropriate. Where we can prove they've done something wrong, we prosecute them. But to my mind, it's too late at that stage. We need to be dealing with it beforehand by education of lorry drivers and cyclists to stop it happening in the first place. Bill, should lorry drivers be banned from the centre of cities altogether? Well, I did suggest that? that. Yeah, I did suggest that. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, making. Well, you know, be reason, be reasonable, demand the impossible, um, and it's amazing what an outrageous demand like that, the kind of reaction that that can get, because it it does get people going. So it may not be possible to ban HGVs from central London, but if you start talking about a ban, it, it will make the industry sit up. You can see what their attitude is, the outcry about the legislation to bring in the fourth mirror, which it supposedly eliminates the blind spot front and left. Everyone was going, it's 500 quid. You know, it's, it's like, well, this is a, an outrageous cost. Paul, uh, as we were hearing from the cyclists that we, we spoke to a few moments ago, some of them were saying that Cyclists have to take responsibility as well, and there are things that cyclists can do to, to be safer. If I was going to try and stress one message, it would be, don't go down the inside of a lorry. Don't put yourself there. If you're there, don't be there. Don't be where the driver can't see you. Look at him, smile at him. If you've seen him and looked at him, he's going to know you're there. You're going to be safe. All right, uh, thanks both very much. The uh, Metropolitan Police have produced a video on how to uh, negotiate your way around lorries. It's on YouTube, and we've put a link to it on the bike block. Hey, I'm Susan Greenwood. I'm back with another feature on mountain biking. Now, today we've travelled to the heart of Bedfordshire to a bike park called Chicksands, which is in um, a forest called Romney Warren. It's got various purpose-built tracks for mountain biking, it's got downhill tracks, it's got uh, free ride parks, but it's the Fourcross racetrack which uh, interests me today. Now, Fourcross is a relatively new form of mountain biking in that it's, it's growing in popularity. Um, the basic premise is that four mountain bikers race down a man-made track. Uh, there's lots of jumps, lots of high-bermed corners, and it's really, really competitive. And I want to find out a bit more about Fourcross. So I'm here to talk to a few people and hopefully to have a go myself. I've been once before to this track, but I'm keen to have a real proper crack at it now. I'm firstly joined by experienced mountain biker and fellow Guardian journalist Stuart Miller. So how different a form of mountain biking is Fourcross? Well, um, I mean, you're basically racing shoulder to shoulder with people. So that's, that's the bit that adds the most pressure. You're hitting every turn with somebody right beside you and you're competing for every jump, every turn. Um, so it's not like, you know, riding down a beautiful trail where you can take in the scenery. You're just trying to stay on board and stay ahead. 
it seems from what I've been looking at, it seems a bit like BMX racing that we saw at the Olympics. Is it is it similar or? It, it is similar, but in that you know four people are racing down the track with bumps and you know, big bermed corners on it. But I think the way it's going now is they're trying to move away from more BMX courses and trying to build it more into a mountain bike course. So you'll find like things like step down jumps, and you'll have to pedal a bit in places like on this course here. There's a pedaly section, so it, it resembles a little bit more like a normal mountain bike trail in places, but it still is a big wide track with jumps on it. And is it dangerous? Because it looks pretty dangerous. When you see it done properly, there's a lot of thrills and spills and a lot of crashing. And, you know, going into the first corner, there's usually a bit of uh, commotion there. You know, there's elbows out and, you know, teeth flying, that sort of thing. <laughs> well, you're off for a ride now, Stuart, so good luck. And be aware that I will be watching to pick up some pointers from my go. Here comes Stu now. He's just uh, getting on his bike. He's setting his pedals. I hope he's in quite high gear because once you've started you don't want to pedal a great deal and he's just dropped in. Cleared the first two. Oh, and the second one. That's quite good. A bit of a manual. Here he goes over the tabletop. Nice. He's got quite a bit of speed up actually. Ducks in. He's heading for the big triple jump. But instead he didn't take the triple. He took the massive double on the right hand side. But he's cleared them all. He's done well. So I've positioned myself at a point of the track where a big left-hand berm comes round to a triple jump, which is three jumps in a row. The idea being, if you've got enough speed, you can clear all three. If you only clear one, you've pretty much had it. So it's a really good part of the track to um, split the really, really good riders from the pretty average one. There's a guy coming now who's amazing. <laughs> he cleared all three with a lot of style, um, doing what is called tweaking the tail end of his bike as he cleared. That, that was a massive jump. Him, the distance he just jumped was probably about 15 feet, I'd say, 15, 20 feet. Well, I've um, just caught up with two of probably the best riders I've been looking at um, at Chicksands today, um, Mophead and Suzanne and Jay. So, uh, Mophead, how long have you been coming to Chicksands? Uh, probably about the last three years. So, that well. <laughs> and is there quite a, quite a good scene here that makes you choose this place, or is it just because you live nearby? Or I live nearby, but everyone comes from a long way off, and we've all got a bunch of local guys like Suzanne, Jake, and I are always up here, and every time you come up here, there's always a friend you know. Suzanne, you're a girl here, which is, which, you know, you're in the minority, but you're really, really good. So what do you like about Fourcross? Um, it's competitive. Um, I just love jumping. Um, gets me, I don't know, I just like to fly like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you clear every single jump here. How do you go so big? Oh, I don't know, really. Just sort of pin it. Just hope for the best. I know, you just got to sit, think about it. Just give it everything you got. Get rad. At the speed some of you guys are going... Have you ever had a really bad fall, Suzanne, and has it put you off? Or um, I've had plenty of falls this year in racing, but it hasn't put me off. But um, like not been so serious that I've broken a bone or anything, just been grazes and stuff, really. Uh, I'm at the top of the ramp. I'm about to drop in. There's a guy racing next to me, which is really off-putting, but he's just told me he's only going halfway down, so that's fine. So here I go, dropping in. I've just finished and I've walked back up to the top and uh, I'm having a bit of a rest because it really takes it out of you. Um, it was really, really good. One of the things I liked about it was 
you didn't have to go really, really fast at first. You could roll everything. So although there's some guys here really using every bit of the track to go faster and get higher and, um, you know, jump further, it, it is possible just to, to roll the track. It's got quite a good flow to it. I don't know what I'd be like racing with other people because I found that there was a particular line on the track that I really liked riding. And if somebody else cut across me to take that line as well, it might throw me quite a bit. Um, maybe because I'm not a good enough rider yet. One of the brilliant things about it is you don't need a really expensive mountain bike to come here. Sometimes when you're out in the Lake District, you're out somewhere, you actually do need quite a good bike because you're a long way from, you know, a bike shop if something went wrong. Whereas here, you know, there's people here on dirt jump bikes, there's people on BMXs, some people are on really, really expensive bikes and others are on pretty, pretty standard hardtails, you know, that don't cost too much. So it's really accessible and it's not too far from a station and there's a burger van. Frankly, I don't really know what else you'd want from mountain biking on a weekend. Don't forget, you can find out about all the latest bike news and views at our blog, which lives at guardian.co.uk slash bike slash blog. Leave your comments on this month's podcast as well. For more info on Cycle Fridays, check out the TFL and LCC websites. And a reminder that you can watch a video on how to best cycle around lorries at the Met Police website. That's all from us. Hope you'll join us next month for more features from the wide world of cycling.